Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about what happens when the credit rating of a financial system goes down. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. Merry Christmas Eve, everybody. I hope you are listening to this drinking eggnog, spiked or unspiked, however you like it. Let's let's get straight into it, right? And by the way, if you're listening to this on Christmas Eve, then you're really committed to building wealth because only nerds listen to this. So, fellow nerds out there, I appreciate you. If you're listening to it afterwards, then you're you you know you're still a nerd too, right? But you're just less of a nerd than everybody's listening to it on New Year's Eve who gets some kind of sick pleasure out of thinking about money and sipping eggnog. But let's talk about um w- you know the credit rating of a financial system. I think it I think it might be helpful to think of money in terms of credit because at the end of the day that's that's really what it is. You know, cuz again, money's not a piece of paper, an object. It's it's energy, right? And and thinking of it in credit will help you kind of understand uh, things a, a bit better, right? Well, another word for credit is trust. So, you know, if somebody wants to borrow money from you, you may or may not let them borrow money based on how much you trust them to pay the money back. And so there's qualitative ways to figure that out. And then there's quantitative ways to, to figure that out. And uh, n- no financial system lives forever, n- you know, not n- not a, not a government-run one. Um, and so, you know, every 50 years or so, the financial system blows up and is and is recreated. And so, what happens over time is a as a financial system becomes over indebted. Think of it more like a person, right? A person becomes way too much debt, then nobody wants to borrow the money, right? If you know, if a bank looks at you and you're Debt to income ratio is 60, 70, 80%. They're like, um, no, no, ma'am, no, sir. You're not getting any more uh, money because I don't know how you're going to uh, pay this back, especially if your income history has slowed down significantly recently and uh, the collateral that you have uh, that you want to use to borrow against is relatively shaky and being trusted less. And in a previous episode, I talked about the, uh, or the previous Ask Philip one, which, which was just me, the one I did on Wednesday. I talked about um, how money is created and the collateral used for the banking system, which, you know, the the, the form of gold, uh, quote unquote, which used to be the main collateral of the system became uh, treasury, U.S. treasury uh, bills, right, which, you know, was, you know, the, the value came from the, the, the full faith in our economy, our military, Maybe maybe some of the gold reserves that we keep in the Federal Reserve, but that was less of an. That's a, such you know that's that was so low, and really the 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 rule of law of the U.S. and any other part is the fact that if you want to buy energy, which every country has to buy energy, it's traded in dollars, and that's a whole conversation. But now you 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 look back and you say, okay, we're in a situation where the faith in the current system is being uh, broken, you know, broken down because there's. There's way too much that uh, there also is a realization that if you don't follow the U.S. rules, they will uh, abuse you and cut off your access to 
pristine uh, reserves, right? So you get countries like China and Russia who are like, hey, we know, you know, uh, we don't want to get our hands swatted or get put in time out by not being able to access the treasure. So you have companies that are looking to, or countries that are looking to uh, de-dollarize or become less dependent on the current financial system, right? And 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 then and then you also have the combined fact where the amount of, and I said it before, but I mean, the big part is the amount of debt in the system is kind of really unknown, right? When you look at uh, not just like bonds, but also uh, derivatives, promises to pay like social security benefits and government employee pensions. Like it's it's basically like a bankrupt system. And so when you have the you when you have that point in time, as people wake up and realize that, then they begin to say, okay, you know, n- you know we need a new money because this money is no longer good. So we need a new form of collateral for a new uh, financial system. And so that that's where you begin to understand cryptocurrencies and what they are, what they're here to do. Let me, I mean, I'm gonna give you a short history lesson, right? You had like, um, I'm forgetting this time period. You had like, I think I'm pretty sure it's like the 1500s, right? But you had a, you had about a hundred year period of time where there was a basically a depression in Europe because there because there was not enough uh, good collateral in the system to to do all the economic activity needed. So you, so when you have that, you have a depression, which is which is really what we're in right now, and that's a whole another topic. So so you have the situation which basically is super slow growth, and so you had all kinds of ghost money coming up, which is just alternative money that people create to still be able to do business. Because if you're a business owner, you're like, well, if I don't have enough real money to do business and to do trade, then we're going to use different forms of money, right? And so that's what happened for that hundred year. They just figured out other forms of money to do it, right? Same thing happened in the 50s and 60s when the euro dollar uh, market uh, was created by the international banks. And I did a brief episode on that too. But that, you know, that whole system, euro dollar system is what was what blew up the 08 uh, crisis, all those derivatives and um, and those things, and and so the euro dollar system also, uh, which I include in the current system, is is part of the reason why we're uh, super indebted. Um, but that but that also is a form of ghost money because um, that's just a whole separate system outside of the system, right? The Fed doesn't control that. They may have some influence a, a little bit on it, but that system is is basically, you know, a bank's uh, club. And to get in a club, you got to be trusted by the banks, and then, but then they're, they're only going to create money if they think they can make profit for it. So it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning: is that you know, in the last episode, banks are like, "Cool, we don't have any profitable places to lend because everything's over indebted, right?" They over, you know, China's was maybe what they for the first fifteen years of two thousand, what they were able to put a lot of debt into in the emerging markets, but they're over indebted now, and so it's like. The international banks that are yield systems like okay where do we you know where do we put money because America was already over indebted Europe was already over indebted you had emerging markets as the last place to do it and now there's no places to go there so now you fast forward and you go okay well you look out and you say okay ah you have these companies like uh, Unchained Capital which I had on or you have Coinbase or Kraken all these crypto companies that are lending money at making great rates on collateral that is crypto, right? So if you had, you know, some money in Ethereum, some money in uh, Bitcoin, and you, were at, and you were at one of these companies that will loan you money. On Wednesday, I had a breakfast with a client, and he was like, he was like, bro, <laughs> you know, we're the same age. It's like, bro, 
man, I got I got a regular traditional bank that I borrow money to do deals with, and then I have I have crypto at at uh, you know at Coinbase, and to borrow two hundred grand at Coinbase on the collateral on my uh, on my crypto, I just like push a few buttons and it's bam in my account versus like everything required at my bank, and I say I say now you're understanding like you're understanding where the, the economy is going because the faster the velocity of money in an economy or the faster money can move, the more healthier the economy. Whenever you centralize anything, it's a slower velocity of money. So the, the Federal Reserve is what uh, would create the collateral and they have the power and it's tough for them to create enough money for 8 billion people and do it right. But if you have a decentralized uh, ecosystem that created the money, and it's more market-based, market-based economies are quicker, faster, right? And, and, and many times more efficient at uh, distributing capital. And so, so where I'm going with this is when a credit rating of a system goes down, you have a new system being built. But, but this time, the new system is being built around the fast-growing uh, digital economy uh, and connecting global finance in the most efficient way it's ever been in history through using crypto assets as the quote-unquote U.S. Treasury bills or or gold, which is the base collateral of a financial system, to borrow rates. And this is why you see banks being pulled in because it's like, wait, they're like, wait a minute, we don't have anything to lend over here and the rates that we lend at are low, but we can go in this system over here and make 8, 9, 10%, you know, lending against... They do their own underwriting on what's relatively secure, right? So they may they may lend out more on Bitcoin than they will on, you know, some other BS coin. So when you have the wild wild west like this, you have uh, you don't have standard rates, but you have the rates being figured out, right? You got borrowers who can decide. Like for example, there's one platform that said, "Hey, Philip, we'll lend you up to forty percent of your money, forty uh, percent of your Bitcoin." And so me as a conscious borrower, I could say, maybe, maybe not. Uh, or, or I can say, now I'm only going to do 10% because the cool the cool part for the lenders is if there's a drop in value and you're under collateralized, they can instantly take your collateral in and sell it. And, and so it's a super low risk. But my risk is if I, so if I, if I borrow too much money, right, and I don't, and, and, and it drops uh, quick, then I get my Bitcoin taken. So you, so you have to be smart in how you borrow. Lenders have to be smart in how much they lend to. But this system is also as a lender, more favorable because like you can get that collateral versus in the traditional world, if I have collateral that are stocks or real estate or whatever, it's a whole process for them to get that money versus in the digital world, it's instant. Bam, it drops, you're under collateralized, they get the Bitcoin, sell it, get the cash or whatever they want to put it in, and they are good. So it's a way better system than what the market right now is doing is it's sorting out, it's sorting out the dominant forms of collateral. And this is why when you talk to Bitcoin people or finance people, you know, it's pretty well understood that Bitcoin is the the safest asset of the crypto system, the most solid asset of the crypto system, which which in my mind is why it's very likely going to get become the biggest, right? And the 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 treasury bill, treasury bond or gold of the of the new financial system. But just like in this current system, you you know you can also borrow money against, like I said, your real estate, uh, your Apple stock, your Amazon stock, your mutual funds. You, 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 can, you can borrow less than, than if you put up cash, right, or something that's more secure. But that's being sorted out right now. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's it. I think I answered the question. 
and I think you understand what these crypto assets are becoming. It's it is the the market's doing what they do to create a new form of money when the current financial system is not working. And that's the beauty of humans, right? We 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 continue to innovate and figure out workarounds whenever a system dies, right? That's I mean, that's just the laws of the universe. You have death, then you have life, right? And we just continue to evolve and we do it in, you know, life, in companies, in economies, in finance. So until next week, y'all enjoy your week. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.